Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now drink in the presence, for that is what you need for the refreshing, for the releasing, and to empower you to continue on your course. Yes, the enemy would fight and rise up in this day, in this hour, unique to the times in which you live. The adversary is active and busy. But in the midst of all, my spirit is moving. My word is going forth. The anointing is causing breakthroughs and deliverances. So stand on the side of spiritual things and allow the presence and power of God to refresh you and impart unto you the strength and the courage that you need to continue life's course and my blessings are in front of you. Stand before you to enter into with joy and peace if you will just continue in my name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now study and strengthen yourself in the things of the Word and the Spirit. For in a few short weeks and months, there will be things that will come not only into this nation, but into this area and in other areas which will challenge men and women of faith. But you make a decision today, I'm making my stand upon the Word of God. And you'll see before it ever happens, you'll already be in the victory. Therefore, it'll just pass by you. And as you observe, you'll say, God had prepared me for that and I was ready for it. Don't be caught surprised. Don't be caught off guard. For I'm not only delivering and blessing you now, but I'm preparing you for that which is to come. So in in the midst of the strife, the turmoil, the sickness, the disease, and all the enemy tries to do, you'll rise up in light, you'll rise up in life, you'll rise up in the anointing, and you will be my beacon and lighthouse in this area. And many will say, look at them. Why is it not happening to them? Why is it not going on in their life? And you'll be able to say, it's the one in whom we serve. It's the one in whom we love. It is our beloved. And you will be able to have an open door to many that you've had a closed door to over the years. And they will receive your testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me address that for just a moment. The audible voice. Now, that's not saying that God cannot speak in an audible voice. God can speak in an audible voice. Many people have heard it. The the great evangelist, Oral Roberts, the Lord put a healing gift in his right hand. Lee and I know, we experienced that. But he spoke to him audibly about it. There was an audible manifestation. But you know, there were people that heard that. They heard him talk about that when his ministry was in its fullness back in the late 50s. And they sought for a voice to speak to him. And that voice accommodated him. It wasn't a voice of God. It was a voice that accommodated Listen, when it comes to the supernatural, don't seek visions. Don't seek dreams. Don't seek voices because your adversary will accommodate you. Now, I remember as I was away from the Lord for 12 years and I was into some very bad things, very bad things. But I can remember at least a half a dozen, maybe more times in which God spoke to me audibly when I was backslid and away from God. You said, how do you know it was God? The first thing it did was it arrested my spirit and let me know that God was still looking out for me. 
Amen. Second thing that it did, I remember the most, the most profound one that I had. I was working over here on 23rd Street uh, uh, in, here in Galveston. That used to be the teleprompter cable TV office. And I worked out of that office uh, for several years as a, as a uh, cable TV technician and was given an assignment to train six uh, uh, young men how to, uh, uh, how to install cable. Back then we had, you know, we thought we were big back then. We had 12 channels. <laughs> we got to realize this is back in the mid-70s. Had 12 ch- So I had to go. It was a week long of, you know, how to properly go into somebody's house and, and, and how to take the cable from the, from, the, from the telephone pole, bring it back down to the house, install it in the TV, do all the, all the things. Then I had to teach them how to climb the poles, had to teach them how to use their ladders, had to teach them how to turn it on, make the adjustments needed and all that. And at the end of the week, on Friday at the end of the week, they all had completed and all of them were going to work as installers. So I'm, I'm walking, oh, I don't know, here to that pole from the group of people going into the back door of that, of, that, uh, of that building. And as I'm walking, I've got, a, I've got a bunch of equipment slung over my shoulder. I'm wearing a hard hat. I'm all sweaty from the day. I'm walking. And as I kind of looked up toward them, a voice behind me said this, you've taught them how to install cable. When are you going to teach my word? Well, you know, it wasn't hard to figure out who that was. Well, I'm not teaching people how to install cable anymore. Amen? So be very careful with voices. I said be very careful with voices because I'm telling you there's an adversary out there that would love to distract you and to deceive you, but thank God we have the truth. Amen? Praise God. I've got a few minutes to teach the Word. How many know what we're teaching on? Devil, you can't have my stuff. Let's try that again. Devil, you can't have my stuff. Say it again. Devil, you can't have my stuff. Now, we're, we're actually looking at, we, we were in James last week, so go to, go to 1 Peter. James said, submit yourself therefore to God, resist. Everybody say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Actual, actual uh, uh, Greek actually says he will run and start terror from you. You've got to get an image in your mind of your adversary being so totally defeated And when you release your authority in the name of Jesus and the power of the Word and the power of the Holy Ghost, that He runs from you and starts terror. Now the world doesn't paint that picture. Hollywood doesn't paint that picture. Nobody paints that picture, but the Word paints that picture. So let all, listen, let all men be liars and let God be true. Now here in 1 Peter chapter 5, look there in verse uh, 6. It says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil... Again, it tells us who the adversary is. Everybody know who he is? Not your boss, not your landlord, not your mother-in-law, not the neighbor's dog. I had a guy come up to me after a meeting one time and says, It is my mother-in-law. I know it's not your mother-in-law. Amen. No, your adversary, the devil. Everybody say the devil. Now notice this. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking. Everybody say seeking. Seeking whom he may devour. Now here's the next next verse in verse 9. Whom resist. Everybody say resist. Now, somebody challenged me. It hadn't been recently. It's been, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago teaching on this subject. Actually, I was over in Europe. 
and they challenge me on this level. Well, doesn't the Bible say the battle is the Lord's? Doesn't the Bible say that the victory is the Lord's? The battle is the Lord's. Now, with that in mind, I want to look at two portions of Scripture. Then keep your, keep your place there in 1 Peter. First of all, go all the way over to Joshua. All the way over to Joshua, right after the book of Deuteronomy. Joshua chapter 5 and a little bit into chapter 6. Joshua chapter 5. Now, let me just give you a little bit of insight here. The, the, the children of Israel, Moses had died. God had raised up Joshua in his place. Joshua was now the, 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 the leader of the nation of Israel. Where Moses had brought them out, now Joshua was going to bring them in. Everybody say, bring me in. Say, bring me in. It's great for what you come out of, but I'm telling you, what puts you over is what you're going into. Now, after Moses had died and Joshua had took and taken the, the reins of the nation, God began to move. The Bible talks about how the kings of the nations that were in the, in the land of Israel, which God said belonged to them, how those kings, were, they knew they were defeated. The Bible says there was no heart to fight in them at all. And then there was that great encounter, let's read about it, the great encounter of, of Joshua and the captain of the host of the Lord. That's there in verse, uh, verse 13 of Joshua chapter 5. It says, it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. Everybody say Jericho. Jericho is the first city and the first obstacle to them going in and possessing the promised land. Listen, understand this. The enemy is going to put obstacles in front of you to try to keep you from possessing what God says belongs to you. Now let me say that again. The enemy is going to do everything he can do to keep you out of your quote promised land. As we said last week, the promised land is not heaven. The promised land is what God has provided for you in Christ Jesus here in the nasty now and now, here on earth. That's the promised land. And you have to enter into it. You have to go possess your promised land. I said you have to go possess your promised land. You've got to make a decision. You've got to get a resolve in your heart. Satan, you're not going to keep me from what God says belongs to me, what God has done. You're not going to do it. It's mine, and I'm going to possess it all in Jesus' name. Just think what good things God has for you. As good of the things you can think of for yourself, God has better. I should have got a better amen than that. As good of the things that you can think of for yourself are, God has better for you. Everybody say, God has better. God. Say, God has better. God. Now, here, here he is. He says, It came to pass as Joshua was by Jericho. They lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against, over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him, saying, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He's actually saying this. You for us or against us? Verse 14. And he said, Nay or no. Now, this really doesn't sound like an answer to the question, does it? Are you for me or against me? No. Amen. Are you for me or against me? He said no. But as the captain of the host of the Lord, I'm now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, this is, this is really cool. You know, that, 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 that had the, the, uh, all that took place, the reading of the law, the law. The Bible says they abode in their places in the camp till they were made whole. Uh, God was moving amongst them. They had a, had a new vision. They were tired of living in the desert. They were tired of eating manna. They wanted their own place. 
They wanted their promised land. And they were willing to do what it took to get it. So Joshua, he's... he's he, now, now, first of all, let's understand. Joshua is a military guy. He, this guy knows about battles. He knows about fighting. He knows about military strategy. But he's still, he's looking at this city and he's going, man, that, that, it's got big walls. The Bible says you could run, what, three chariots down the width of the wall? Man, that's a big, that's a thick wall. And he's thinking, now how am I going to do Man, I better get my best generals, my best planners, our, our most modern, our newest equipment. We better, and I, while he's doing this, he has this encounter. I believe he has an encounter with the pre-incarnate Christ. You say, now why do you say that? Because they didn't and we don't worship angels. He fell on it. He recognized who this was. He fell on his face. He began to worship him. And listen, the instruction came like this. Take off your shoe from off your foot for the place wherein you stand is holy. Now, if, you, if you're a student of the Bible, that was also said to Moses. Remember that? At that burning bush, the Bible says, um, uh, the, the, out of the bush the words came, take off your shoes from off your feet for the place where you stand is holy. Now, we're not, uh, there may be some in here that are, but I'm not. I'm not Jewish, so I'm not very familiar with Jewish tradition. But a Jewish person would understand that in their culture, the feet are a place of exchange. Where even in their wedding ceremonies today, they, they wrap a goblet in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a cloth or a napkin, put it down, and the bride and groom will stomp on it and say, Mazel tov. You know what that is? That's a covenant word. means we're coming together. I'm bringing everything that you have. You bring everything that I have. I'll bring everything I have. You bring everything that you have. And we're going to have an exchange in marriage. We'll be stronger as two than we will be as one. So all down, you go study, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Boaz, where, where Naomi told Ruth, when you go lay down at Boaz's feet, uncover his feet. That was a place of exchange. Even the ten lepers, uh, one returned and fell at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. What took place? An exchange took place. Even though he was healed, Jesus made him whole. Removed all of the effects of the leprosy. Amen. So here, Joshua is needing an exchange. Everybody say an exchange. Now notice this. It says, Now Jericho, verse 1 of chapter 6, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none went in. And the Lord came to Joshua, and, and the Lord said unto Joshua, Now listen to this. See, I have given into thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Now, now God always sees things through the eyes of faith. Now he says this. See, I've already given you this city. Every mighty general, every, 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 every combat-ready veteran does not matter. I have given the city to you, Joshua. He could have said, really? Well, I'm still standing on the inside. I mean, standing on the outside while they're standing on the inside. But notice what he says. I have given, past tense. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I've already done it. He's saying, I've already done it. He says, the battle is mine. Go to, go to 2 Chronicles. You can see it a little clearer there. 2 Chronicles. Story of Jehoshaphat. Man, I'm telling you, they got an army coming against him, numbers in the millions. All of the, all of the city is being seized. They have no hope. They prayed. They interceded. Uh, 
Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, stood up with a great word and spoke it. Listen to what he said. Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Everybody say, the battle is not mine but God's. Then it says, tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come out by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jezreel, and you shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. O Judah and Jerusalem, go out, fear not, be not dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. He's saying, now wait a minute, wait a minute. He is saying, the battle is the Lord's, but he's telling me to go out? I'm not getting this. He's saying to Joshua, see, I've given you the city. Then he goes down and gives this detailed plan of encompassing the city roundabout and, and, and doing it for six days. And then seven, at the seventh day, they, they blow the trumpets and all the people shout. Now, wait a second. If the battle is the Lord's, that should mean I don't have to do anything. That's not what it means. That's where we get in trouble. Listen, so many Christians are in this apathetic, complacent mode doing this. Lord, I've prayed. Now I'm just waiting for you to do something. I'm waiting you for do something in my family, waiting you for do something in my marriage, my finances. I'm waiting for you to do something. It may be that God's waiting for you to enforce the victory He's already given you upon the adversary that is coming against you. Every place in the Word of God where God talks about the battle is mine, the battle is mine, the battle is mine. Every time He says it, He says, now here's what you go do. Now listen, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The way redemption works is that God in the spirit realm has already gotten you your healing, has already gotten you your financial breakthrough, has already gotten you your victory, has already gotten whatever you need to live this life in godliness and righteousness here on this earth. He's already done it. It's settled. The Bible says forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. But now somebody on the earth has to act on it. They have to find it in the Word. They have to believe they receive. They have to ask. They have to knock. They have to seek. They have to bind. They have to loose. They have to use the name of Jesus. They have to use prayer. They have to use intercession. They have to use praise. They have to use worship. They have to grow up in the things of God. And the more that you do it, the more you enforce the victory that's already been given you down here on the earth and you become the victor that God says you are. We live in a society of victim mentality at a level that I never thought we'd get to. Everyone's a victim. A political victim. A racial victim. Victim of this. Victim of that. We've got so many crazy things going out on out there now. I mean, it's just insanity what's going on. And everyone, listen, and if you want to be a victim, this is the best day and hour to be a victim. It is, because you will find somebody just like you that has the same problem that you can hook up with their help group or with this group or that group and they will, they will help vindicate your victimization. I know, I know. Let's just talk it out. Isn't that the answer in the world? You know, we need to get in a circle in chairs and we need, you tell your story. Your t- By the time I get to about the third story, I'm ready to get up and leave. Amen, because they're all the same. 
Woe is me. I can't make it. And you know, here's the problem. Here's what creates victim mentality. But it just ain't my fault. Amen. Like I heard one guy say one time, Well, I didn't ask to be born. Well, that's an irrelevant question. Ain't none of us asked to be born. But we're here anyway. So why even worry about that question? Amen. Now that you're here, what are you going to do about living in victory? Amen. With the same, listen, with the same effort that you're living as a victim, you can be living as more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Now go back to 1 Peter. We don't have to be in a hurry. The Texans have already plagued. 8.30 in the morning. Can you believe that? Now here we go again. Verse 6. Number one, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. Now you say, now what does that mean to humble my... You know, you can't walk in pride and please God. If you notice, I never use the word I'm proud of. If you notice that, man, I'm so proud of the church, I'm so proud... I never use that. I always use the word I'm thankful. You say, why? Because God hates pride. He absolutely hates pride. The ability to humble yourself is the ability to look at the Word of God, to look at the Spirit of God, that which He desires you to do and that which He says, and to place yourself under that. That's humility. To make a decision that God knows more than you know. That the Word of God is smarter than you are. You know, I found this out about God. He's really smart. He can make a heart. He can make a liver. He can make a kidney. He can do, he can do anything. We had a, uh, actually this man in his 80s, mid-80s, went on to be with the Lord. But when he was in his late 50s, he was in a meeting of mine in Ireland. And just in a morning meeting, I got up to preach. He sat in a chair on the back of the, back of the auditorium. I pointed at him and said this, God's going to give you a brand new heart. No feelings, no anointing. Nobody ran, nobody jumped, nobody shouted, no, nobody, nothing. I, he just, I, you know, in my own, uh, my own mind, I thought this. Well, you know, God's going to give him a new desire to serve the Lord, a new desire to, do, desire to do that. Well, as the years went by, we kept getting this invitation to go to Killarney, Ireland. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in Killarney, but, man, that's, if you talk about an Irish accent, that's where, they, that's where it originates. They got a strongest Irish accent I've ever heard in my life. Anyway, we kept getting this, getting this, getting this, getting this. And so finally, I was in a position where I could ride the train from Dublin to Killarney. And that's a train ride all the way across Ireland. I was looking forward to it. I had a great time doing it. And so this pastor picks me up. He's driving this nice car. He picks me up, and he's driving me to a nice bed and breakfast to stay. I'm doing a, doing a I believe I was doing a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning meeting at his church. Now, as we're driving, you know, we're driving, and he's talking to me like he knows me, and his, his, his brogue is so broken, I'm having a hard time understanding it. And so after a while, he finally figures out, this guy ain't got a clue who I am. So he looks at me, and he says, Brother Rusty, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, I'm so sorry, I, I don't. I, I see hundreds of people, thousands of people, and, and I don't. He said, about five years ago, I was sitting in the back, of the auditorium at Victory in Dublin, Ireland, and you pointed at me and said, God's given you a brand new heart. When he said that, I remembered it. I said, I remember that. He said, you don't realize I was on the list for a heart transplant. He said, my heart was so diseased that they felt like at any moment I could just drop dead. 
Amen. And listen, he said, I went back to the doctor for an examination about three weeks after that happened. And they, after about two hours of examination, came in and asked me this question, Who are you? He said, You know who I am. He said, If we didn't have the examination x-rays and whatever else they use, we wouldn't believe it. But this is what he told him. He said, You have a brand new heart. You have a and so that man lived to be in his, his, his 80s. Now, thank God he was submissive to what God said. Because see, any word from God that you're submissive to could work for you. It's the words that you reject, that you push against. You've got to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. What can come from the hand of God? Oh my goodness. Deliverance, breakthrough, finances beyond your imagination. What can come under the hand of God? So all of this begins with what? Humility. Everybody say, devil, you can't have my stuff. You're going to have to humble yourself. Now listen, Jesus humbled himself and God exalted him, giving him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Are you with me? Satan exalted himself and God humbled him. Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That means the moment he caused insurrection, the word of God threw him out of heaven, threw him to the earth. He couldn't even keep the lights on. First thing God did when he came back to the earth was to cut the lights on, let there be light. Humble, ever say humble. That he may exalt you and do, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. One translation says, His greatest interest is you. I like to amplify it. Listen to the Amplified. Let me find it here. Cast the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Now, this is the key to walking in authority, to telling the devil, you're not getting my stuff. The power that's in the name of Jesus. You go, listen, you go around carrying all the cares. You know what that is? Your cares are a testimony. Oh, I don't know if I want to say that or not. Your cares that you carry are a testimony of your willingness to have anxiety and worry about that which you think God won't do for you. Now let me say that again. The anxiety and the woes of the cares that you carry is a testimony of that which you think God will not do for you. Did you know that is a lie from hell? That is a lie of the devil? God loves you. God cares about you. You're the apple of His eyes. And He does not want you carrying any cares. He does not want you worrying. He does not want you anxious. He wants you living in peace. You say, well, Pastor, I'm waiting for that to happen in my life. I'm telling you, if I can get the mortgage paid off and get a, get a raise at the job and, you know, get rid of this eczema and, and if I can, uh, you know, quit having to take, quit having to take uh, uh, what is it you take for diabetes? Insulin. If I, have, if I, if I can quit doing this and, and can't do it. I'm telling you, I'm working on it. I'm going to get, that's, no, no. It's in the midst of all that. I said it's in the midst of all that. 
when the storms are raging, when all kinds of problems are going on, no matter what's happening, you have the peace of God because you ain't carrying it. Amen. When you begin to realize how much God wants to encompass you with His blessing, and his blessing, you say, well, yeah, I, man, I'm believing God for the check to come in the mail. I'm believing God for the doctor. I'm talking about his blessing of the peace of God that passes all understanding as you go through trials, tribulation, and trouble. I want you to know, if you realize that's exactly how God wants you to proceed down the path of righteousness for his namesake, you begin to realize how much he has invested in you through his word and by his spirit. It's not that you get to a place of peace. It's that you serve a God of peace. It's not that you get to a place of joy and happiness. It's that you serve a God of joy and happiness. When you make a decision to do that, then I guarantee you, you can walk through anything. I like what one friend of mine who's an evangelist, he said, you can swing out over hell on a dry corn stalk and spit in the devil's eye. Amen. Did you get that? Swing out over hell on a dry corn stalk and spit in the devil's eye. God wants you walking in peace. He don't want you being anxious. He don't want you worrying. And many times say, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm just going to make a decision. Listen, if you come from generations of warriors, I had them in my family. I mean, these people were world champions. My grandmother, who was probably one of the most spiritual women in my life, was also a world champion warrior. I remember when aluminum bats came out. She was staying at our home. When aluminum bats, this would have been in the, like 69, 70, right in there, when they came out. They had a stopper in the end of them. And so I'm walking out. Just I played uh, uh, Pony League baseball. I was 12 years old. And I'm going to my game. I played for the athletics. We lived in Southeast. I'm going to my game. And I'm walking out the door. And my grandma says, Rusty, be careful. Be careful. She folds her hands. Be careful. Why, out in California the other day, someone hit a ball with one of those bats, and that stopper came out, hit the pitcher, and killed him. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Amen. Well, I tell you, I mean, you know, when, it, when you start serving God, Satan will give you great opportunities to worry. Don't take them. Cast your cares. Somebody say, cast your cares. Cast your cares. That's how you walk in the peace of God. You know, I've, I've told this story before. I thought it was really cool when I read it, of a king that commissioned an artist at the, at the, at the, at the, at the sake of his life. It was like, you paint me this picture, I'm going to kill you. I mean, you better paint a good picture, amen? So, so this king, uh, he wanted a picture that, that he could hang on his wall in his bedroom, and this picture said peace. Not, not just the letters peace, but the picture itself, the artwork would say peace to him. So the guy drew this beautiful meadow with these sheep laying under a big oak tree. Guy took it in the king, king and said, nope. He, he, he painted this, this, this ocean view with just white fluffy, fluffy clouds and the ocean was calm as could be, crystal clear. And, and he took it to the king. The king said, nope. I said, I'm going to give you one more chance. So this guy, he was, I mean, he was, he was like, I better get it right this time. So he thought and he thought and he thought. And he said, I'm going to take a chance. And he said he painted a rocky shoreline with an old tree that had washed up on the beach. 
and it was all, you know, just gnarly. The sky was gray. The, the, the ocean was wind whipped and white caps were everywhere. You could tell the, 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 the wind was blowing. And all of a sudden, as you focused in on the center of this picture, there was a bird nest with a little mama bird in that bird nest. And she had her wing over a young chick, and that young chick was asleep under its mama's wing. He took it and showed it to the king, and the king said, that's peace right there. Listen, we're under his wing. Psalms 91. We're under his feathers. No matter how hard the storm gets, no matter how rocky the outlook looks, you can make a decision. I'm going to walk in the peace of Almighty God. And I guarantee you, the Bible says this, it is the peace that passeth understanding. Now that's, that's that King James, you know, 14th century vernacular. But it actually means this, you have no reason no reason. Man, the doctor's report, the banker's report, what they're saying at your job, what's going on, you have no reason to be at peace. But you're at peace. The peace of God is on you. And if you've never experienced that, I'm telling you, it's the most awesome thing you can ever walk in. Now notice this. Let me wind this up. Cast all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say, not me. Say, devil, you can't have my stuff. Now, be sober. It's not talking about, you know, don't do no crack, don't smoke no dope. Don't do that anyway. Amen. Don't go drink a fifth of Jack Daniels. Don't do that anyway. That ain't going to help your situation. That's not going to help your problem. Don't get under the influence of your situation. Don't lose your sobriety. Don't get under the influence of what's going on in your life. Be sober. Then be vigilant. You say what? It's, it's, it's got to be more than coming to church once a month. It's got to be more than praying one prayer a week. You've got to start seeking God, serving God, and doing it with everything you have. You've got three things to give. Your time, your effort, your money. You've got to give it all to God. Amen. Oh, I ought to get some better amens on that. So we just talk about me being this Bible thumping. That's exactly what you need to be. Amen. That's exactly what you need to be. I watched a deal the other day. I'm not going to say it was a television program. And this guy, it's kind of like, what do you call it? A, um, uh, when it's kind of, you know, you're looking into somebody's life. Reality TV. It's a reality TV program. And this, 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 this grandfather is talking to his grandson. And his grandson is, is considering asking this girl for marriage, to marry her. So the grandfather looks at him and says, does she carry a Bible? And he goes, yes, Grandpa. I met him at church. I met him at church. He carries a Bible. He says, well, if he carries a Bible, if she carries a Bible, then she's probably going to make you a good wife. You say, what are you saying? There's something to be said for being vigilant, for carrying a Bible, for cutting your... Cutting your Radio on in your car and teaching and preaching and our worship comes out. Amen. Amen. For, for literally being able to be investigated by law enforcement and then bring a conviction against you for being a Christian. Amen. Evidence in your life. Everybody say vigilant. It says this, be sober. Everybody say sober. Be vigilant. Your adversary the devil. Now here's what I like. It does not say he is a roaring lion. It says as a roaring lion. 
Everybody say, as a roaring lion. Now there's a big difference between is and as. He's not a roaring lion. There's one roaring lion in the New Testament. Does anybody know what his name is? Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But the adversary wants you to think that he carries that same authority or ability in bringing destruction to you. He doesn't. He's defeated. He's under our feet. Jesus has spoiled principalities and powers. Every demon power is subject to the name of Jesus only when a believer uses it. Amen? Now you think about if we loaded up and went to Africa, you know, got our pit helmet and our khaki clothes, and we go lion hunting. You know, lion hunting is not like duck hunting. I mean, lion, you know, it, it, a lion can... Uh, I never heard of a teal killing somebody, but I, you, lions are fierce. Amen? I heard one guy who I, I had a friend that was, a, that, was, that was actually a lion hunter. And he said, you can hunt lions till they start hunting you. You better be careful and watch for when they do that. But if we go to Africa and we're hunting and we're all walking through the bush and, and, and the guide is saying, be careful, be careful, there's lions in here, man-eating lions. I'm telling you, be careful. And he's just constantly, be careful, be careful, be careful. There's lions in here. Then as we proceed a little further, Julio jumps out in an old beat-up lion suit that he got from Goodwill, some circus sold to Goodwill. It's got holes in the knees. The mane is all mattered. You know, the mane is all matted. You know, the nose is broke off. You know, it's just a mess of a suit. And he jumps out and goes, Roar! <laughs> now look, at, look how you're responding to that right now. Exactly. See how you're responding to that right now? Yeah. You're calm and you find it what? Humorous. Yeah. Did you know the Bible says God sits in the heavens and laughs at His enemies? Yeah. Did you know you're a child of God? You know when the devil jumps out and says it's cancer, jumps out and says it's bankruptcy, jumps out and says it's divorce, jumps out and says it's depression, jumps out and says it's addiction, you know what you ought to do? You ought to just start laughing. Because he's as a roaring lion. Not is, as. He's jumping out trying to make you think. You know, I was teaching on that one time and I used some guy like I did Julio and somebody over here said, I'd shoot him. <laughs> Amen. Well, when it's the devil, you've got to shoot him. You've got to pull the trigger on your authority. Now, this is it. I'm going to close with it. You say, how do I do that? You've got to do it with your words. You've got to say, in Jesus' name, you're not having my healing. In Jesus' name, you're not getting my finances. In Jesus' name, you're not going to destroy my marriage. In Jesus' name, by the power of the Word of God and the name of Jesus, I release the authority of God and I'm not going to let you take my stuff, devil. And if you will do that, not only will you reinforce the victory that God has given you, you will press into brand new victories. Because many times as you proceed in God, God wants you to come into a new level of blessing. But if you're not protecting the level of blessing that you have right here, why is He going to bring you into a new level? 
That means some of you need to get busy. Binding, loosing, telling the devil, get out of here. Get out of my house. Get out of my finances. Get out of my body. Get out of my mind. That's where we're going to go next week. We're going to go to the number one place where the enemy's going to come roaring at you. And that's in your mind. But thank God we have the victory. Everybody say, we have the victory. Just like God told Joshua, see, I've given you the city. Same thing. I can say the same thing. See, you're healed. See, you're prosperous. See, you're delivered. See, well, I don't see it. Then you're on the wrong side of this thing. You get over on the right side of that thing, you can say, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. I can hear it. I can see it. So I'm going to get it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, as we leave today, we claim the provision you've given us in Christ Jesus. Lord, we claim Psalms 91. No evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thanking you, Father, according to your word in Luke 10, we walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Lord, we thank you as we leave today and travel. The highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we thank you that we are protected and blessed. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands as we handle the resource that you've given us, we thank you, Lord God. We're not subject to trauma, to terror, to evil plans of wicked men or Satan himself. Thank you, Father, that we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you for the door of utterance that we have. Let our lives preach. Let our words preach. Let our deeds preach. Let our actions preach. Give us a door of utterance into the lives of people that we can affect for the kingdom and bring into that glorious walk of that which God's doing in our lives in Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. God Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.